Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 says, He put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, excuse me, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Verse 30 says, let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn. I'm also going to read for you this morning 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, which says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The Amplified says, We are not ignorant of his intentions. This passage that we've read this morning or the parable that we've read this morning has been interpreted in a number of ways. First way that people have interpreted this passage is that they believe that it's actually speaking to a sleeping church. That is, while the workers were sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat. So preachers over the years have used this passage to speak to a church that should be awake and should be alive. Now there's some truth to that, but the problem is is that we are also human beings and we deserve sleep. <laughs> and to not sleep would go against would be to go against God's natural cycle of sleep and in fact in Psalms the Bible says that one of God's promises to His people is that He gives His beloved sleep. And so you are loved of God and one of God's blessings to you is that you would have good sleep. And all the people who sleep in in the morning said, I'm not one of them. (laughs) I took Alison away for a couple of days this week and for some reason I kept getting up at (laughs) 4.30. Let's just say I'm in trouble. (laughs) The other way that this passage has also been interpreted is that people have used it as an opportunity to say, well, uh, the enemy came and therefore I am a watchman of the house of God. I want to be alert to what's actually going on. And so these people become what I would call detectives in the kingdom of God. That is, they are watching everyone and everything and they create Instagram accounts to be a detective about the kingdom of God. 
But God has not called us to be detectives. What He has called us to be is evangelists. And Paul said to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. I get very nervous about people who are self-appointed detectives in the Kingdom of God who wanna watch everything that's in the house. That is, they are self-appointed watchmen. And the truth is, the purpose of a watchman in the Old Testament was not to look in, but was actually to look at threats that are coming from without. And so some of these people develop a critical spirit, believing that they've been appointed by God to watch everything that's going on in the church, forgetting that the primary reason that Jesus has actually left us here is to see people come to know Him as Lord and Saviour. What we do know about this passage is that the people could relate to it because uh, one of the uh, ancient methods to deal with an enemy was to sow weeds amongst the wheat because if you can destroy a person's agricultural base, what you actually do is you demolish or you destroy their future. What we also know about this passage is that these workers were in fact diligent workers. They were working on behalf of their master and they were preparing and tilling the soil to have the soil ready so that they could faithfully sow into the soil at the proper time, at the right moment. Uh, They accurately discerned the time and they sowed into the master's field believing that out of that would come an incredible harvest. And so we see faithful workers who made a decision to invest and to sow into this field. But in the middle of their faithfulness, the enemy had a plan. And the enemy's tactic, watch this, was executed under the cover of darkness. While the men slept, the enemy came and the enemy sowed weeds amongst the wheat. Notice, however, that the master was not sleeping. It was the workers who were sleeping. And God is never caught unaware by circumstance. In fact, Psalm says, uh, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. God is alert. He's carefully watching over you, carefully watching over your soul carefully watching over your children, carefully watching over your family. However, in the process of sowing, in the process of being faithful, in the process of doing what the Master asked them to do. Now, notice they were not acting outside of what the Master wanted of them. They were acting in accordance with the Master's will. And that is to go and sow wheat. And in the sowing of the seed, an enemy came and an enemy tried to undo the good. One of the things that you will experience in life as a believer is that in the middle of your doing good, there is an enemy who's out to destroy the good. 
And so this morning, my message title uh, this morning is based around this thought. Can I give it to you this morning? Uh, The message is essentially this, at just the right time, at just the right time. If you can write that down, at just the right time. And I wanna give you three things this morning because we are not gonna be ignorant of the devil's devices, come on church, whilst we are sowing, whilst we are being faithful, whilst we are listening to the voice of our master in going out into the field and sowing, we are not ignorant of the enemy's schemes. The first thing is, number one, planting good does not grant immunity from the presence of bad. Come on. Planting good does not grant immunity from the presence of bad. You can build a house and there can be bad. (laughs) You can be a selfless volunteer and give of your best, but something not good can happen. You can be a leader of a team in your workplace and the nine are incredible, but it just takes the one to tip you over the edge. You can be a devoted parent caring for your children, but in it all, you have to find some strength and resilience to push through just because you are doing good does not grant you immunity, come on, from the presence of bad. Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Watch this. The text is telling us that there will never be a day where you will be, where you will be weedful and not weedful. The text is telling you that amongst the wheat, amongst the good, there will be wheat, but there's also gonna be some weeds. Just because God allows wheat to be planted does not mean that the weeds will be restricted. And the mistake is in the call of God on our lives and in our sowing and in our generosity and to believe God for an amazing future is you cannot wait for the weeds to be gone so that the wheat can flourish. You are in error if you're waiting for the perfect day. There will always be the presence of weeds. Can we keep going? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, he says, a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. Now, I like the first part of the verse. Come on, church. (laughs) That's the best part of the verse. As if I just would hope that there was a full stop just there and kind of leave it at that. Paul says, there's a great 
and it's an effective door. It's open to me. But Paul says, however, I've come to realise something. There are many adversaries. Paul's trying to teach us that when there are spiritual opportunities, there will always be satanic obstacles. And we need to be a church and we need to build a church that understands that in great opportunities in the purposes of God also come satanic obstacles. It's this parallel of tension that we as believers don't like because I want my Christianity to be a walk through the tulips. I want it to be nice. I want it to have angels singing in the clouds and everything's beautiful. But there is an adversary to our soul who's trying to destroy the purposes of God. I learned this at, at, a, at a, quite a, a young age, if I was to be honest. Uh, I just thought they were mean people, but I tried to keep a clean heart. When I first became a youth pastor, I was 23 uh, when I ran my first youth ministry. And I remember this family in the church inviting me over for curry and for roti. And I'm like, being the youth pastor is the best thing ever. <laughs> so they get me over and they wanted to encourage me for becoming the youth pastor. They sat me down and they said, part of the reason why we wanted you to come over is not just to give you some nice curry and roti, but we also wanted to let you know that we don't believe that you should have been the youth pastor. So in the rank of the order of the youth ministry, I was number three. There was somebody else who was the number two. And when David Storer became the pastor of the church, he chose me to be his next youth pastor, but ordinarily it should have been the number two because the number two was being prepared. And this is what they said to me. They said, and we were hoping that you could go to Pastor David and let him know that, I won't say the person's name, God bless them, that they should be the youth pastor, not you. Well, I enjoyed the curry, <laughs> but I didn't enjoy the company. <laughs> And I quickly realised that a great and effective door has opened to me, but there are many adversaries. I ran my first youth camp just after that. And there was a guy in the youth camp um, who decided to be really bad. Now, you don't get kicked out of a youth camp unless it's kind of extreme. Don't throw eggs don't throw flour, it won't get you kicked out of the youth camp, don't do it, but this guy kind of went to an extreme level where we had to actually get the police involved and so uh, he got taken away and so on. And I'm like, man, I'm a 23 year old youth pastor, I just want it to be nice youth ministry, this bad youth ministry. <laughs> and so he, he, he goes, he gets taken away, youth camp was amazing, and I get home and this is back in the days when, remember when you used to have answering machines and it used to have a number on the answering machine of how many messages you've got. So see that, you know, it's flashing, it's got like number four on there, so four messages. So you press play, first message, second message. And the third message is from this mum of this young fella. She literally writes a poem 
about the bad job that I was doing as a youth pastor. So I'm on a high, coming off Mount Carmel. Amazing things happen in the glory of God. I press play. Hickory dickory dock. And I'm like, that stuff, it just gets into your spirit. And I had to quickly learn that you have to learn to produce in the presence of weeds. Now, you'll never hear me speak bad about people. I'm not offended with those people because Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. And the temptation for you as a believer is when you encounter people like that is then to build in opposition to what has offended you. But that, that then is building with a critical spirit. That's not how Jesus said He would build His church. Jesus said that He, on this rock, I will build my church. And so when these things happen to us in life, we start to build in opposition to what has attempted to hurt us or offend us. But I wanna tell you right now, you gotta keep a clean spirit and a sweet spirit, knowing it's coming next week and it's coming a month after that. It's coming a year down the track where all kinds of situations and things are gonna go on. But I've got to learn to produce in the presence of weeds. Some of you have given up your fight and you've given up sowing simply because there's weeds. But I wanna tell you, it's impossible, it's impossible to move forward as a believer, believing that your Christian walk is just you and the Good Shepherd and everything, everything is all a-okay. Now thank God the Good Shepherd is with us. Thank God He's walking with us. But I wanna tell you, if you're called by God and you wanna do something that advances the Kingdom of God and you wanna break the back of this debt that's on our church so that we can see more people come to Christ by the thousands and the tens of thousands, I'm telling you, there's gonna be some weeds. And the weeds are there trying to choke, trying to kill, trying to hurt. Come on, in the presence of good, there's gonna be some bad. Who feels very encouraged this morning? We can just go home on that and say, my soul's just been fed. I feel good. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse four. Watch this verse. Solomon's trying to give us some wisdom. And he says, he who observes the wind will not sow. That is, church, circumstances aren't always gonna be favourable. It's not always favourable to be a life group leader. It's not always favourable to be a selfless volunteer. It's not always favourable to give. Paul, or excuse me, Solomon says, if you keep your eyes on these things, you're not gonna sow. You're not gonna give. You're not gonna give of your heart. You're not gonna give of your emotions. It's never gonna be favourable. He who regards the clouds, will not, it's waiting for the rain, waiting, waiting. Come on, there's a timing in God. Solomon says, if you keep your eyes on these things, watch this, it leads to inactivity. Amen. 
Come on, you're doing okay this morning. We're only going to get better at today. Number two, where there is great potential. They went out, they sowed. Watch this. The enemy marks it with calamity. Come on, if there's great potential, the adversary of your soul, the accuser of the brethren, he'll mark that place with calamity. So Jai and I, Jai Thomas and I, now married to Tilly, when he was a single brother, we're in America. I'm preaching in America. And we drive from Houston, no, from Dallas, sorry, down to Houston. It's a couple of hours driving along, Jai and I chatting. And we see this, um, like, you know, America are famous for their chicken wings, right? I like chicken wings, but these chicken wings were new level. I've been an addict ever since. <laughs> so Jai says, have you ever eaten chicken wings at that point? I've never, like, we pull over, we go in there, and I'm like, talk about Moorish. This was it right there. We got the hot sauce. We'll do another round. We'll do another round, thank you. It's like chicken wing heaven. This is awesome. So since that time, I've been unable to find chicken wings at that quality, that level, right? So I'm on this endless search for chicken wings. Now, in Perth, when I was there recently, I was sharing my passion for chicken wings with another brother. He says to me, have you ever tried chicken wings at this particular place? So I pull out my phone, I Google map it, I realise it's only six minutes from where I live. <laughs> How many of you know, God knows your need. <laughs> now watch this. I mark it, I locate it, I time it, because to me, this place possibly has got some great potential. I'm telling you, where there is potential, where there is something in you in the life of your child, in your marriage to produce the purposes of God, in the call of God that's on your life, the enemy's gonna mark that place with calamity. Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. Watch the sequence. Matthew, excuse me, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. He put another parable before them, saying, this is how the kingdom operates. I'm comparing it to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Verse 25, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds or weeds, excuse me, Watch the sequence. The sequence is potential and then the weeds. The enemy did not come and sow weeds and then the seed was sown. It's always potential. And he comes and he tries to corrupt the harvest. Here's the bad news this morning. The wheat attracts weeds. <sighs> When Tori was a baby, she would have been about two or so, and um, she was just having, you know, broken sleep. And Alison's an amazing mum. She's structured, you know, food, time you go to bed, 
burn energy so you can sleep, all of that. Alison was fantastic. But there was a season where I was preaching a lot and Alison was doing a whole bunch of things. Uh, life was busy and Tori kept waking up at this particular time. So, you know, um, you know when it's like two, three in the morning and you flesh out a little bit and you're like, ah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, after night, uh, you know, broken sleep's a form of torture, I'm telling you right now. So I have this dream, this dream, and in this dream, I'm like hearing Tori cry, right? So I go to her bedroom, and in my dream, I'm kind of, you know, seeing myself uh, from the top of the bedroom down. There's Tori screaming. And in the dream, I'm like, go to bed, you know? <laughs> but then behind the door is a dark figure. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he says, you're trying to deal with something in the natural. This is spirit. Because church, we've got to have an awareness that where there is potential, where there is potential for something great in your business, where there is potential for something great in the life of your child, in the life of your daughter, in the life of your son, in the call of God on your marriage to be fruitful and to be a blessing to others for the way that you sow, the way that you give, the releasing of sons and daughters. Make no mistake, the enemy's gonna mark that with calamity. And we've got to learn how to take authority over these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And in that dream, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, you're dealing with a demonic spirit. This ain't natural. So I had to go to prayer. I had to break it. I had to take authority over it in Jesus' mighty name. Number three. The trickery of the enemy must be met with the wisdom of God. This is cold. <laughs> it's hot water and honey. I had a cold on Monday. Don't worry, it's not COVID. Feeling a thousand times better now. But uh, we're improving in Jesus' name. The trickery of the enemy must be met with the wisdom of God. Now, watch this. Matthew chapter 13, verse 26 says, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, watch this, when did the weeds appear? It's only then, not at the start, it's only then that, we'll talk more about that, the weeds appeared also. Now, Bible teachers tell us that this weed is referred to as um, what's called darnel, D-A-R-N-E-L. Essentially, it's a poisonous plant that, watch this, looks exactly like wheat. But it becomes distinguishable when the heads of the wheat appear and you notice a difference. So the question then is, what was the enemy's intention. Why actually did he plant it? Because the two were growing together. The wheat was still growing, but so was the presence of bad. Yeah. 
So our question this morning ultimately is this. Why did the enemy plant it? Here we go. Stay with me now. What is actually his intention in doing this? Now, there could be a couple of reasons. The first reason could be, come on, if you're doing something for Jesus and man, the weeds have gone nuts, right? Is his intention that the bad actually kills the good? Could that be the intention? Come on, I'm asking you a question. Could that actually be it? Because I'm serving God. I've been a faithful steward in sowing and doing what the master asked me to do. But there's the presence of bad. Well, the problem with that is that, in fact, is not actually the enemy's intention. Do you know why? Because Satan cannot curse what God has blessed. He cannot stop it because the weeds flourish, come on, even though, or sorry, the wheat flourished, excuse me, even though, come on church, even though there was wheat. So that's not his intention. Woo! Maybe, maybe his objective then is to alter the molecular structure of the wheat by corrupting it. But you cannot modify the molecular structure of the wheat and weeds and combine the two simply because they're growing next to each other. That's not Satan's plan. The question is, how then do you handle a sowing season but a weed season all at the same time? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 28, he said to them, an enemy has done this. Come on, you need to know an enemy has done this. Come on, that's a word for someone. An enemy, an enemy, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do, then do you want us to go and gather them? So the servants, they're good servants. They faithfully sow. They're like, oh, look, it's grown, it's matured, but it's like, it's all there together. Do you want us to go and sort this out? <laughs> Verse 29, but he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. So why then? Why? We haven't answered the question. Why did the enemy come and plant the weeds amongst the wheat? Here's his deception. To cause you to be impatient. When you are weedful, there will be weedful. And the trick of Satan is to get you to become impatient. Watch this. You're running out of time. You've got to do something about it now. And watch this. The servants make the suggestion, should we take the matter into our own hands? So much wheat, but the presence of bad, trying to trick and deceive you into doing something about it yourself. And here's your power. Here's your authority. Here's your anointing. Your faith is expressed in your silence. Your faith is expressed in your waiting 
for God's perfect timing. Your faith is expressed by realising the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. (laughs) The weed that you've got growing around you, trying to, you know, you can have nine good things going on, but it's just the one, right? Come on now. (laughs) It annoys you. It sucks the life out of you. You think about it. Come on, you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. It's just that one. Why? Because Satan's trickery is urging you to take matters into your own hands. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait. Come on, wait. Wait. Come on, church. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know. Come on. I am God. He's watching over your children. He's watching over your marriage. He's watching over your generosity. And even though there's some weeds, don't fall into the trickery of Satan to try and take matters. That's what the servants tried to do. We're gonna take matters. Masters, I can't believe this has happened. Under the cover of darkness, Satan slithers and in the presence of good, he creates bad. And Satan's trickery has not changed. The battle is God's. Can you say amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. We're called to pray. We're called to pray over it. You're called to pray. You're called to saturate it with the rain of heaven. Watch this. Because a mountain that is constantly covered by dew eventually turns into a river. Can you say amen? About five people got happy about that. Come on, a mountain that is constantly covered by dew eventually turns into a river. Pray, 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 speak the blessing. Three timings in this passage. A time for sowing. A time for waiting. But there comes a day where you will reap. Watch this, stay with me now. We're not finished yet. We're not finished yet. Matthew chapter 13, verse 30. Watch Jesus' instruction. Let both grow together. Here we go. Until the harvest. Church, your harvest is coming. You've sown faithfully. You've sown generously. I'm telling you, there's some serious weeds at the moment, but your harvest is gonna come. Here we go. And at the what? No, come on. And at the? And at the? And at the? Time. 
two Greek words in the New Testament for time. One is chronos, the other is kairos. Chronos is second time, calendar time, minute by minute. You've got to have chronos in life. It's impossible to live life without planned, effective mythology. You've got to have that. Chronos is a part of our life. But the word time that's used here is not the word chronos. It is the word kairos. Kairos in the Bible is supernatural time. Kairos in the Bible measures moments, not seconds. Kairos in the Bible is when God supernaturally visits His people. Kairos is when time gets filled with purpose. Kairos is when water turns to wine. Kairos is when seasons and opportunities favour you. A moment in time when all the seasons of preparation present you with a historical opportunity designed for something remarkable and significant at the right time. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary. <laughs> Who grew weary? Wasn't the man that was doing bad, right? Come on. Who grew weary? The man that grew weary, the woman that grew weary was the one who was doing good. And the Bible says, don't grow weary. Come on, don't grow weary. Keep sowing, keep investing, keep outworking the purposes of God. Don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, Greek word, kairos, at the right time, the New Living Translation says, we shall reap a harvest if, come on, if we do not lose heart, lose heart. We sow, we invest and we wait with patience, knowing that in that journey, there's some good days, some not good days, there's wheat, there's weeds, but there's somebody who's gonna command, who's gonna command a harvest for His glory. Kronos and Kairos. At just the right time. Horizon Church has been on a journey. We've been on a journey to the glory of God and for the glory of His Name, to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sowing, believing, seeing the debt come down. Church, we can't lose heart. We can't grow weary because we're at a place now where this is the fourth runner in the relay race. The baton's about to be handed and we're gonna have a church where the conversation around debt is not even a conversation anymore. At the right time, we will reap a harvest if we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart. There's a harvest coming towards you. There's a harvest coming in your direction. A harvest in Jesus' mighty Name. But we can't grow weary and we can't lose heart. Some of you, uh, musos can come. You've tried to take matters into your own hands. 
the cost of everything. Uh, Alison and I were just calculating in our own personal worlds this week, you know, 12 months ago, what we were paying on our own personal mortgage versus kind of where things are now. It's like, man, times have changed, you know. But church, I can't lose heart. I can't grow weary. I need to listen to the voice of God. There's a harvest that's coming. There's a harvest that's coming to the glory of God at just the right time. I can try and take matters into my own hands, get mad (laughs) at the bank, get mad at Philip Lowe. (laughs) He's got one lever (laughs) and he keeps doing it every month. And I can grow impatient and try and do certain things in my own strength. Or I can say, the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. Because when the enemy tries to affect you, you're not the owner of the field. There's a master who owns the field. And he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. If you try to take matters into your own hands, I I wanna pray for you this morning. If you're feeling the pressure of everything that's going on and and you're preparing to invest and so, I wanna prophesy over you today, a Kairos time for you, a Kairos time. Our online family, I prophesy over you I prophesy a Kairos moment for you. So Father, we thank You for, here we go church, Your timing, Your timing. We surrender and we say, Jesus is Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.